This is Father Mark Moriarty from the Church of St. Agnes. It's my pleasure today to be with Mark Pilon and Paul Lavore, both of whom have been chanting, and Paul Lavore is our Scola Master here at St. Agnes. Today's topic for our Quick Talks is about chant at St. Agnes. Now, just a little fun fact. St. Agnes has always been known for its beautiful music, and in fact, the tradition holds that we have had a sung Latin Mass from the beginning of the time of the parish, its existence, which would be technically 1887. Even at the time of the liturgical changes, of course, since we still had a Latin Mass and we had one of the parity as a member of the, uh, or I'm sorry, one of the experts was Monsignor Bandis, he properly interpreted Vatican Council and made sure that the Latin High Mass continued. And of course, we also were one of the first places, I believe in the U.S., that used the new Paul VI Missal because we had a Latin Mass. So I have again with me Paul Lavore and Mark Pilon, both who have been singing here for quite a long time. Let me start off with Paul. Um, how long have you been here singing at St. Agnes, and how did you become aware of St. Agnes? It was basically through my mother. She always went to the Wanderer Forum Masses, and they were held at St. Agnes. And she said, you really have to go to one of these Masses. So I did, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing because I hadn't uh, been to a Mass such as that since I was prob probably for about 10 years, maybe, maybe longer. And um, so it was really through my mother's influence that I came here. And that was in about the mid-1970s. And uh, my brother was discerning a vocation at the time, and he joined with me, and uh, we started to come to St. Agnes fairly regularly. And I started singing here, um, I think it was about 1978 or so, somewhere in there. And I started doing the chant shortly thereafter, and then I had an opportunity, the, the position opened for chant, uh, I offered to do it. Monsignor said, you're the man, and off we went, and it's been that way ever since. 1979, I believe, was the first year that I started with the chant. We've done a truly superb job. You've also had many other people to assist, and one of the people that's a part of our Scola is Mark Pilon. How did you get connected with St. Agnes? I actually first heard about St. Agnes uh, on the radio through the broadcasts of the Latin High Mass with orchestra back in the 70s on NPR and uh, made a decision to come over and experience it. That happened uh, in 1978, Easter of 78, and uh, came over periodically since then. I uh, was a member of the Twin Cities Scola Cantorum, and Monsignor Schuler was the chaplain to that Scola, and uh, we would at least annually have a Mass at St. Agnes, the Latin High Mass that we sang here. So that was my exposure. And then we moved into the parish in the middle 80s, and I joined the, the uh, Scola shortly thereafter. And have many children who are graduates of the school. Thank you they for do, your yes. support. You know, I do remember the first time that chant got to me. Um, this is Father speaking again. I just, uh, my dad started attending St. Agnes because he loved the orchestral masses. And I remember after a while he said, we're also going in the summer, children. You know, even though it was a little bit warm in St. Agnes, it can be known as a Dutch oven in the summer. And I'll never forget the day 
I kind of perked up. I looked to the left, my dominant ears on the left-hand side, and I realized, chance amazing. <laughs> and at that point, from then on, you know, the chant just kind of drew me in. I had the good fortune of attending mass at, um, obviously during college, and they had some chant as well at uh, Thomas Aquinas College, and that really helped me to keep that connection with chant. Uh, I am curious, why do you love chant? We'll start with you, Paul. W- what is it about chant? Well, chant is, is really, uh, it's kind of, for me, it, it started off as, uh, as uh, a remembrance of when I was younger because we had, of course, Latin masses through the 1950s and mid-60s, pretty much in every parish, and they always did um, some chant. It was usually Mass 8, uh, Adorate Devote, things like that. And I really liked them, and that's, that's part of the reason that uh, attracted me to St. Agnes, because nobody was doing it at the time. That was in the 70s after the Vatican Council, and they th- basically all the chant was thrown out of, uh, of, 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 ch- of the church. And um, so when I heard that it was done at St. Agnes, uh, I came here, and they had a marvelous uh, soloist, uh, Dr. Pohl, who uh, was uh, in charge of the chant at the time, and it was uh, very, very nicely done. I remember the first time I came to Vespers, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was just remarkable. And so, really, I've always loved chant from the very earliest days. Mark, what drew you into chant? Similar to Paul, uh, you know, it's a connection with my youth. Uh, When I was young in Catholic grade school, we regularly sang requiem masses in our on Fridays uh, when I was growing up. So again, other you know seasonal things, uh, they left a strong impression and, and that stays with you. Uh, when I started coming here, it was really one of the, one of the reasons uh, to, was to be able to participate in, in that, you know, liking music in general and singing in choirs, uh, this was such a rare opportunity because as Paul said, nobody else was doing it. And, uh, and the experience just has been one of great uh, advantage, the, the ability to, to learn this music and to get it into your head um, has just been one of the blessings of my life. Also for me, being able to pray the Psalms and the other verses from various elements of the New and Old Testament, I know that struck me very much. Uh, my favorite part of prayers, being a priest besides the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, are the Psalms. And a lot of people need other books to pray. I prefer just to go right to the Psalms. And having the chant built largely upon the Psalms, especially when we do Vespers here at St. Agnes, it allows me to pray. For me, and I'm going to ask this of you as well, how does it help your prayer life? And just to begin that, that topic, for some reason, the fact that the prayers are slower, it gives you an ability to time out your prayer. I know there's a lot of focusing on the proper notes. Paul, you probably have to focus on the notes a little bit more because you're in charge. Um, I can go along very quietly, so if I make a mistake, nobody notices, but as long as it's not too loud. Uh, 
However, it seems to be a natural kind of timing, a timing that helps me to meditate upon certain words uh, and the words that have been chosen by the tradition of the church from time immemorial. Paul, how about for you? I know it's work because you are a scholar master, but does it help at all with prayer? I think with uh, it, de- it depends on your disposition. Uh, it's a little bit different for everyone. You know, your uh, way of um, of uh, praying with the psalms and with the with with the, with the way it's sung at vespers is different from mine. It's mine. I don't really the 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 meaning of the texts is not not the principal thing for me. It's important, but it's not principal. It's the it's the internalizing of the melody. It's it's a, it it transcends text and melody, um, and it's uh, it it. it, it it's, it's really hard to express because it's, for me, having done it for so many decades, it's so internalized that um, it, it, to me, is an enhancement of prayer. And I always make my offering beforehand. And it, it's, it's hard to concentrate on, on, a, on, a, on an intention while you're doing these things because you want this also to be meaningful and fruitful for those who are listening. And it is very much so. You do a great job. How about for you, Mark? How has it helped your prayer, or how is it inducive in regards to prayer? Conducive. It's, it is a hard question to answer. I think the, you know, the connection to the prayer of the church, the, 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 the uh, experience of praying in union with the church now and, and throughout the ages is... Um, is is a big part of that and uh the um you know beyond that it's just hard to say i i think paul put it quite well and i I also think that that it is one of the um well one of the things that i think about when i'm doing it is is the importance of it for others as as paul said and the uh, helping worshipers in general to worship God. And, and there's really, you know, no better way, I think, to get to that point. That's very true. You know, and I know that in Plato's Republic, he speaks about the effect of music and how, even though I can't, I can't uh, quote any of that uh, right now, just the fact that music can order or disorder the soul and assuredly, Latin chant, especially, of course, that which is sacred music, is ordering on so many levels. I mean, emotionally, it calms us down, and it gets us in the right place to worship God through the praise that he has given us. Uh, the Psalms themselves are a great example of how God gave us the very words to praise him. And, of course, he has given us the ability to compose and to be creative in this regard. Any final thoughts uh, before we conclude this uh, interview? I know I'm going to conclude with a little invitation to everyone. Paul. Right. I would just like to, um, to say that the, the, the Gregorian chant as we have it today uh, is uh, the, 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 the melodies and the texts uh, grew together. They were uh, inextricably twine, in, intertwined. 
this is something that Monsignor Schuler stressed uh, all through his uh, his involvement with with sacred music through many 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 years, is that uh, they the the text and the melody are absolutely inextricable uh, with the, the Latin, and that's why the reason he uh, was so insistent that the liturgy be in the Latin language. Excellent. And I think with that, um, I need to make sure to say a thank you to Monsignor Schuler. I'll pass it back to you, Mark, in a moment. Because because of my predecessors, Father Hubel, Father Wellsbacher, Monsignor Schuler, Monsignor Bandis, because they had such a good sense of tradition and beauty, I've inherited this, which all of you have participated in. I didn't have to add any chant. I didn't need to introduce it. It's always been in St. Agnes, and that's been a great blessing. Mark. Uh, yeah, my final thought is I was thinking about the fact that the Second Vatican Council, in its wisdom, said that Gregorian chant has should have pride of place in our worship. And it really should. It, and, and it's such an unfortunate situation that for most people, that isn't even a possibility. Uh, it's, it's a very difficult, well, you need people for it and you need, the, you need to have it within the worship as structured by any particular parish. And uh, I just am so thankful for the opportunity to have had it as a, in pride of place in the worship here at St. Agnes for so long. Very true, it may continue. I'd like to close by saying I invite all of you who are not familiar with St. Agnes to consider listening in prayer to chant. It's not just something that we play in our cars, which we can, but of course its primary purpose is to give worship to God, to unify all of us in thought, word, and deed as we give praise and thanks to God with our voices. So God bless you all, and I hope you do experience the beautiful chant at St. Agnes at our 1030 High Mass every Sunday, 2 p.m. Vespers, and also every Saturday at 8 a.m. God bless you all.